Hey guys, it's Rebecca Price. Hope you're doing well, and I hope you are doing, um, just doing excellent. I uh, wanted to come and shoot another podcast today, and um, this is one that is has been super convicting to me, like convicting. I mean, it was heavy. I, I was listening to a sermon this morning, and oh man, wait on me like a ton of bricks. Um, and this is an area of my life that I have to really make myself be in check about and it may surprise people but it's more common than people think it is and I don't say that you know try to make myself feel better um it doesn't make me feel better but I think especially in America um it's 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 like this all over the world but in different aspects because I think we look at it in one aspect according to the bible and we'll we'll put it in a box and say oh well I don't do that but then we don't look at other things and you know, I was hit today with some bricks and I'm like, I got to share this, you know, because maybe somebody out there is dealing with the same thing and really needs to hear this truth. Um, so I'm going to start reading, um, in first Corinthians 10 and I'm going to start with verse 14. It says, therefore, my beloved flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is not a is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Okay, so there's one uh, aspect or one verse about it. Um, in Galatians 5, it says, um, starting with verse 18, Now if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, here are two places where it talks about, it mentions idolatry. Okay? Um, Now, I'm going to look again in, uh, this is Colossians 3. um, And it says, I'm going to start with verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Alright? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Okay? So... Here are three places in the Bible, and there are many more that talk about idolatry. Now, in the Old Testament, um, the Lord did not warn them and commanded them not to intermingle with other peoples because the other peoples were pagan. God desired for them to be holy. And for Israel, 
the one God is the true God and there's no other. It is God and that's it. They don't need, there's not 10 gods, there's not statues, there's not this. And God, you know, his God's desire is to worship him and serve him only. And in the New Testament, it says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like those are the two, that the, all the law can be summed up in those two commandments, right? Loving the Lord your God. And so when people think about idolatry, idolatry is very real today in the sense of, yes, there are, there are pagan cultures that worship idols. They worship gods. Um, you know, you've got Hindu gods, you've got, you know, Buddhists and stuff. I mean, people that, that, that actually have statues. Um, when we went out to Louisiana, uh, and we went to, um, New Orleans, we went to a market there and they sold all kinds of wooden idols and statues for worship to pray to. They've sold voodoo items, all these things. So in that sense, idolatry is real. And God in the God told the Israelites, he's like, I don't want you to mix with these people because you're called to be holy. You're called to be separate. And these people, if you mix with them and you intermarry with them or you you will pick up their customs, you will pick up their things, their gods and everything else. And, you know, God talks about being a jealous God. He's a jealous God. You know, I, 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 you're bought and paid for, all right, which Jesus bought and paid for them in the New Testament. And so we're bought and paid for. We're bought with a price. And God's like, yes, I'm jealous. I don't, I don't want you serving any, anyone else. And, and, God talk, and God is living. He's living. And all these other statues, they're not. You know, and if you hear things from these statues, it's demonic voices that are deceiving you. God is alive and he's real and he's on the throne and that's it. So when we think about idolatry, we think about, you know, a lot of times that's where our mind goes to, our, our false pagan religions, which is not wrong. It's true. You, you don't worship any other gods but God. But let's look at it in a more broad sense. So when we look at idolatry, what gets our love? What gets our devotion? What gets our worship? What are we serving? Today, during the, the sermon that I was listening to, Oh, he was talking about this, and he was talking about idolatry, and he's like, you know, man can't serve two masters. Who are you serving? And 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 who gets your time? Who gets your love? Who gets your devotion? Who gets your worship? Uh, and who's first place in your heart? And so we don't really want to talk about this as Americans, but it's very true. There are lots of idols in in American culture, and it's different for for every person in what they may be drawn to or what they may be tempted by to be an idol. For some people, it's food. Food is, is, is comfort. When they're upset, they go to food. When they're stressed, they go to food. When they are excited, they go to food. It is food. It is a culture centered around food. Eating gets your time. Eating gets everything. All right? For some people, it's shopping. Shopping. The majority of your time is shopping. You just can't wait till you can shop again and buy another item. And you just you can't wait. For some people, it's sex. It's, I cannot wait till my next sexual encounter. I got to have sex all the time. And if I don't have it, I'm not happy. And I, and I don't feel fulfilled. And I don't feel satisfied. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's not something like that. It's, it, you know, it can be Netflix. I know some people that watch Netflix for hours. For me, and I know, you know, I'm, I'm a kid at heart. I always have been. And, uh, and that's why I love working with kids, you know. Uh, I kind of have a young heart in that sense. But one thing that I am drawn to is I, I do like, you know, mysteries, crime, and so, like things like that, you know. Um, but sometimes it can be, it's not so much shows as it is games. They have these these very interactive games on the phone where you, you have to 
solve these these mysteries and it's almost like a whole nother world where you know you receive text messages from a lost phone and all this stuff some of y'all know what I'm talking about some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about but stuff like that is very tempting for me and I was and and I want to talk to women today because men do this too all right men men you know but I'm not a man and I can only speak from being a woman being a woman a lot of times I feel like as a woman so many so many trains of thought are running through our head at one time in a day we can be thinking about several different things at once several different streams and and our minds can jump from one thing to the next um, and I know that my, my mind works that way. And sometimes when we encounter stress, we just want to shut our mind off. We are just like, so we're looking for something to shut our mind off. So sometimes for women that can be reading, sometimes it's reading Harlequin, Harlequin romances, which is porn. I'm just going to call you out right there. It's porn. You know, don't, don't talk about men that watch porn on, on the computer when you're reading porn novels. Um, sometimes it can be, um, it can be anything. It can be certain hobbies or whatever. And uh, it's looking for a place of escape. And it's, it's looking for an area where if I can just zone into this and shut my mind off. Now, it's different, honest, obviously, for people that have kids. Because when you have children, you know, and, and you're having to balance everything and, and juggle everything. Um you know, you're, you have to manage your time and sometimes you don't have time really to, to have an escape or things like that. You, you know, you're, a lot of it becomes then learning how to balance and manage your time and learning and, and, and everything with, and so that's kind of like a whole nother, whole nother topic. However, can children be an idol? Yes. Can your husband be an idol? Yes. Can your wife be an idol? Yes. You know, in, in, re- in regards to men, your spouse can be your idol. Um, but, you know, we, we, we look, a lot of times in the American culture, we look for places of escape, you know, uh, because, it, and that is a response to anxiousness. Sometimes it's a response to a spirit of fear that comes up about something or things that we don't feel like we were overwhelmed with. And it can be, I've got to escape. How do I escape? How do I escape? And I'm, I'm bad about that <clears throat> because sometimes there are things that go on in my mind and, and mindsets. And instead of taking it to the Lord... Instead of going to the Lord and sitting down and saying, all right, God, I want to process this with you. All right, what does the word say? Sometimes I will pick up something easy, whether it's my phone or whether it's a, or even sometimes it's a show and say, I just want to stop thinking for a second. I just want to shut my mind off and I just want to sit here and not think for a little bit. Does anybody relate to that today? Anybody? Because if I'm the only one, well then that sucks, but you know. But sometimes you literally just, I just don't, I want the train of, I want the thoughts to stop for five minutes. I want the, the thoughts to stop for an hour. And, and what's hard is whatever becomes your escape, whatever becomes the place where you find your comfort in and you find the majority of your joy, that becomes your idol, whether you want to hear it or not. Now, I'm not saying that these things are bad in and of themselves, but I'm saying when you find that taking up a lot of your time, during the day when God takes the back burner and, and instead of, you know, spending time that you can in the word or or taking things that you're stressed about in prayer, whenever you then start to say, well, I'm just going to use this tool over here, just, just shut it off. Some people it's exercise. Some people they'll exercise for hours a day, hours a day, you know, because that shuts their mind. That's their escape. That makes them feel good. That gives them a high. And 
exercise in itself is not bad. All right? It's not bad. But when you find that your devotion is more and your love is more to that than it is to the Lord, and you're finding yourself spending more time with that than you are with the Lord, that's a problem. And how do you know what has your love and devotion where the majority of your time is spent? Now, here's what I will say when it comes to children. Um, Raising kids, if you're someone who's raising children and you're a stay-at-home mom, that is something that the Lord honors and loves and I honor because it a lot of women don't want to do it today. They really don't. Some women do and they and they don't have the option um, simply because of, you know, maybe they're a single mother and, you know, they just they don't have the option to that they're having to to do other things or having to let other people watch their kids and stuff like that. But for you know, but for women that have the option and they just don't want to You know, raising children is one of the hardest things, but it is one of the most important things. And a lot of women today don't want to do it. They don't want to. They'd rather just, they want somebody else to raise their kids. And sadly, when somebody else raises your kids, somebody else's ideals are put into your kids. And you need to think about that when it talks about raising your children in the Lord. That's that's your responsibility as a parent to raise them in the Lord. You have to be, you, you, you got to take that responsibility seriously. Anyway. For stay-at-home mothers that are that are raising their kids, and it is a full-time job. It's a full-time job, and sometimes you're like, "I hope I find a break. I find a time today to pee. You know, that'd be great. Or if I could shower for five minutes, that would be great. Or if I could just drink my coffee without the kids fighting or whatever. You know, and that's that's reality. That's very real. It's it's a hard thing. But when your kids become an idol in your life, is when you you put your kids before your husband your kids it's when your kids become your world and your kids determine everything they determine your joy they determine your happiness they determine everything they determine your relationship with your husband your children and which should not be or they they dictate your life and how much time you have because you you know they want to be in three sports at, at once and you you're like I want to make them happy so I do that but then it strains your entire schedule and you're exhausted and you're just like well you know so it's, it's, it's having the, con- the control as a parent, as a mother, and saying, you know, where's the boundary line with that? And with your husband is drawing boundary lines and saying, our children are important, and we want them to, to be able to have fun and do things, but we also have to consider our marriage, and we have to consider our marriage in the Lord and our relationship with the Lord. Because married people that are in Christ, that is what's going to benefit your children more than being in, in 10 different sports will than running around and trying to trying to give them every single thing they want. It's okay to tell your children no and then be upset at you and then later on when they're an adult say, you know what, I'm, I'm glad because y'all set an example, you know, that y'all were strong in Christ, that y'all set an example because you said no to something that gave you more time to spend time in the Lord, which gave you, which made you healthier to pour into me as a child. And to train me in the Lord as God wanted you to, you know, your spouse, all right, putting, putting your spouse above everything, trying to find fulfillment in your spouse. It's not there. It won't be there. You can love your spouse. He is your partner and you are one flesh with them, but it's not, satisfaction is not going to be there. If you worship your spouse, and, and this is why worshiping God alone 
is what is what is is why that has to be what your life is built around as a child of God as a disciple of Christ. If you build your life around your husband and your husband dies, what then? Your and that became your world, your world will crash and burn or God forbid it happens. And and it's not and it shouldn't happen, but it does. Or God forbid, you put your world, you build, you make the, your spouse your world and they cheat on you. Your world collapses. God is called the rock. He's Yahweh Sari. He is, one of his names is the rock. And when your feet are planted on the rock, it, is, it means it's stable. It's not moving. It's not going anywhere. All right? So God is never going to die. He's never going to be dethroned. Never going to be beaten. He's never going to lose. He's the winner. He has already won. Okay? So, putting, so he is a sure place to put your hope and put your trust. But there are even verses in the Bible that say, put not your trust in princes, put not your trust in man, because they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. So in regards to putting your trust in your spouse, to, to making your spouse your idol, or, or friends, or any person your idol, beware. That person can leave you at any time. There are some people that are like, oh, they're my best friend though, and I spend all my time with them, and they're my best friend. Let me tell you something. I've had people in my life that I thought were my friends, that I honestly thought I was close with, and they're my best friends. And let me tell you, they, you know, Jesus dealt with it with the disciples. And, and, and boy, buddy, when they, they will turn their back on you in a minute, the, the very people that you think that will not turn their back on you and that will not leave you will be the very ones to walk out the door first when things happen. And it's just like, what, you know, and it hurts. It hurts. But I was telling somebody this the other day. I said, the reason why God has to be God and God has to be enough for you and God has to be where you, you put your life, you put your love, your devotion in is because if you put your hope in anything else, you will be disappointed. Now, there are times where you get upset. At, you might get mad and, and, and you don't understand why God does things. And you got to seek the Lord and be like, God, what is going on? You know, and you seek the word about things. But God never makes mistakes. He never lies. He never fails. He never does. Ever. People will disappoint you. They will fail you. They will leave you. You will fail other people. You will disappoint other people. Like, if you put your hope in people and you try to make people your idol, I'm telling you, I have, that is one lesson that I have, that it took me years to learn, is I cannot make someone else on this earth my idol. I can't do it. Because the very people that you think are going to be there forever or that, that da, 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 are the very ones that leave. They're very ones that are gone. The very ones that disappoint and that fail you. And you're like, what happened? And you cannot build your world. You have to be okay with the love of God and say, if everyone else in the world were to leave, disappoint, fail, the love of God is enough to sustain me. God is my rock. He will sustain me. And I will not be moved because my feet are planted on the rock. My trust is in the rock. He's not going anywhere. Okay? So, I look at all of this. And I say, let's examine our lives for idolatry. Let's examine our lives. Because idolatry can really, is really anything that takes, that, that you give the majority of your love and your devotion and your time to. That, I mean, that, that's an idol. You give your best to. What do you give your best to? What do you give your all your energy to? What do you give that, you know? And again, I, again, let me say this again. When you're married and you have kids, yes, your time is divided. You have to divide your time between God, your husband, and your children. 
I'm not, I'm not bringing condemnation with that. But I'm saying, look at your heart. Where is your devotion? Where is your love? You know, where, where do you put the majority of your energy? Where, you know, and, and I say this because today in America, a lot of it is about escape. People go on vacations to escape people, you know, and vacations are not wrong. Things are not wrong, but we cannot let that replace a relationship with the Lord. And I have had to really, I took a punch today to the gut and it felt horrible felt horrible today. I mean, I'm telling you, the the blow of conviction to me was rough. And I had to repent. And I said to myself, I'm like, I can't, I, I can't do this. I can't be so desiring of an escape that I go to other things and not to the Lord. The Lord is there as my Father. He's there as my God. And Holy Spirit is there as my helper. Christ is there as He is my brother. And He is my advocate. I have all that I need in him and to go to, I need to start going to him. If I'm stressed, if my thoughts are running through my head, I go to the word. I, I claim the word and I go to the Lord and I say, oh God, like this is, you know, the verses in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. God knows. Here's the thing. God knows the things that we, that we deal with. He knows the things that we struggle with. He knows the things that are hard for us. He knows things that that frustrate us. He, God knows these things. And, and sometimes as humans, we, we, we get into that, that separation again, where God is so separated from us and he's so disappointed in me and he's this and he's that and he's this. God wants you to come to him. I heard someone say one time, well, God is not your therapist and he's not there to listen to your problems all day long. If all you ever do is go to God and talk about your problems and you don't have a desire to hear from him or listen to him, then yes, I understand that. But God, but a relationship, when I have a relationship with my husband, it's because I can go to him and I can tell him things that I might not can tell someone else or I can bring something to him and say, help me with this. All right. Help me understand this. Help me understand this problem. God is God wants you to talk to him, but he also wants you to listen to him as well. He wants, there's, there's talking prayer and there's listening prayer. Talking prayer is where you're going to him and you're, you're, you're pouring your heart out and you are talking about things and you are, you know, but listening prayer is where you don't talk and you receive from the Lord and you're like, God, I'm just here to listen to you today. I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to hear from you. All right. But don't, I'm, I don't like it when people say that and I'm like, God is not your therapist. Well, but God's not a brick wall either. God is not a God that doesn't care about you. He cares about you. If he didn't care about you, he wouldn't have sent his son. So don't think that God is some stiff, stiff wall of stone that doesn't give a, a mess about what you're going through in life. God cares about the little things. And God will give you hard truths. Like God will be firm and he'll give you hard truths sometimes. But then there are also times where he just tells you like, I love you. You need to know, you need to walk in the fact today that you're loved by me. That'll shut all the things off in your mind. You know, the things that are trying to come in and affect your mind and are trying to steer you in many different directions. Sometimes you need to be still and realize that you're loved by me. And that a lot of those things, while they may be pressing on you, don't bring them to me. Lay them at my feet. And understand that you walk in authority, you walk in dominion, you walk in victory, you walk in love. You know, sometimes we come, we go to the word to be reminded, you know, and this is why the word daily is so important because if you don't fill your, fill your mind with the word daily, and this is, I'm talking to myself. If you don't fill Rebecca, your mind with the word daily, it's going to be filled with other things. 
And you're going to be steered in so many different directions in your mind, you know. That's why when people are like, follow your heart. Man, your heart. What, where's your heart going to lead you? To sin, usually? If it feels good, do it. What a bunch of crap. Well, you know what? It feels good for some people. For murderers to kill. So should they do that? I mean, you know, it's... it's. Anyway, I'm going to go off on another tangent. But I say all of this to say, you know... It's not, it's not wrong to, to do things in a little bit in moderation. It's not wrong to say, hey, I want to take a vacation with my family. That's fine. But we can't use other things for our escape. You know, we need to take things, things that we care about to God because he cares about them. And seek his mind and seek his will. And when we go to him, God loves that. God loves when you go to him. And he loves when you go to him, um, you know, with questions sometimes because God is a teacher that is part of his personality. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. So he likes to teach you on things. Now he doesn't like us to go with him, go, go to him with questions all the time. Like we're never learning anything or that we, or, or questions that are very clearly answered in scripture. You know, I mean, God's going to point you back to the word and say, you know, read my word. What does my word say? You know, go back to the word. What does my word say? These are things that God's going to to point back to. But God's a teacher. And even in those moments when you when you're you do need to be reminded of the word, you know, God's not angry. Wrapping all of this up, because I feel like I'm kind of going in different directions with, with different things. An idol is not just a statue that sits on your your mantle that you pray to, that you worship. An idol is not just a false god that that from another pagan culture. And because some people are like, "Well, I'm not Buddhist. I'm not Hindu. I'm Christian. I'm good." I'm like, "Yeah, but what are things in your life?" Because in America, we are very materials centered. We are very entertainment centered. You know, my husband and I have grown to not like football because we see the stadiums filled with thousands and thousands of people and people sometimes are so obsessed with football that it's just insane. They're to the obsessive point. And I'm going, is your passion and heart for God the same? Do you have that same passion for Jesus that you have for for football and tailgating and all these things, you know, I mean, and I have to ask myself that is the same, my same passion for other things that I have for other things is that same passion and devotion and even more so with the Lord. What gets your love? What gets your devotion? What gets your time? What gets your worship? Ask yourselves that on a daily basis. I have to ask myself that as well. Because if I find myself giving something all of my time and the Lord becomes a back burner and becomes a forethought you know, or he becomes a, an, not a forethought, excuse me, he becomes an afterthought to things. That is a huge red flag of, wait a minute, I need to die to self right now. There's some things in me that's got to die and that's got to go. If that is a stumbling block to me, if that is something that I find my, that I find my flesh wanting to satisfy and be drawn to, and I'm cutting off time with the Lord, then I, that needs to go. As hard as it is, it needs to go. Or I need to have the self-control to say, that that maybe, you know, if I want to do something like that, maybe it gets 30 minutes of my time to have a break during the day and that's it. Put a time limit on it and have the self-control. But understand that, you know, 
God is a relational God. He is a relational God and he wants a relationship with you and he wants a relationship with me. And he's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share that with anybody else. He doesn't want anything else to have your devotion and to have your time. He doesn't want he doesn't want these things to be your escape and then you come to God for, "Hey God, thank you for this day. Thank you for my food. Thank you this blah blah blah." And that's it and you're done. That's not a relationship. It's it's not. It's not. And we need to call ourselves out. We need to hold ourselves accountable. We got to hold ourselves accountable. We got to be firm with ourselves and say, what is it? What's getting my time? What's getting my devotion? What's getting my heart? Because if it's not the Lord, then that's not good. Then that is not productive. Because I, you know, and I can tell you this from experience. Whenever I do, if I ever do go through those times where my heart is drawn towards something else and I find something else getting more of my time, I'm miserable inside because I'm created. We are created to be connected to the Father. We are, cre- we are created in His image. We are created to be connected to Him. If we're not connected to Him, life does not work. Life stinks. It's terrible. It's like an appliance to a power source. When you're, you know, there's, you're just useless if you try to connect your things connect yourself to other things life falls apart i can connect a i can connect a, a lamp with a plug into a bar of soap and guess what it doesn't turn on and doesn't do anything it is just a lamp a, a, a useless piece of nothing connected to connected to soap because it's not connected to the source and I don't say useless. Let me I don't say useless to say that you're useless or worthless. No, you're not worthless. You are the creation of the Almighty God. And when God created the garden and created humans and created, he said this good, it's very good. My creation is very good. So you are very good. What I'm saying is, is when you're not connected to the source that you're supposed to be connected to that provides your needs, that is your source of power, that is your source of love, that is your source in life. And you're connected to something else. You're not, you're not getting what you need. And you're not able to function how you're supposed to function, how you're created to function. A lamp is supposed to give light. But it can only give light if it's plugged into the power source. If it's not plugged into the correct source, guess what? It's, it's a piece of, of, it's a creation that has a lot of potential but is not useful. And I don't want us to be that way. I don't want us to be made in the image of God, given authority and power by God. And we look, we have all the potential in the world, but we don't use it. And we don't walk into that. And there are times I know where, where you know, I've wasted time on, on useless stuff. And we only have a limited amount of time here. Flee from idolatry. The Bible says flee from it, which means run from it. Flee from it. It says flee from sexual immorality too. Flee. Run from it. And this was a huge gut punch to me today. To put myself in check and say, there are no other gods but God. And anything in my life that is coming in between that, anything in my life that is trying to challenge that, and that is trying to tempt the jealousy of the Lord. (coughs) Not tempt, I don't want to say that, but that is that is trying to make God jealous or whatever, I, I got to cut it out. I got to get rid of it. It's not productive. It's not useful. Or in self-control, I got to say, I got to limit my time with it. 
So anyway, I hope this helps somebody. It convicted me today. I hope this helps some. This helps you guys, and and yeah, I just I hope it blessed somebody. I hope somebody learned something from it. So anyway, all right, you guys, I love you guys. Come at you later with another podcast. Be blessed.